everyone. Welcome to Beyond Sunday, week six of our What Does Love Require series. Thanks for joining us. With me is Kevin Madsen, who uh, preached this weekend. Great job. Thanks. Glad you uh, are able to it join was. us. Yeah. And uh, Paul Halverson. Hey. Yeah, you didn't preach this weekend. No, I didn't. But you go to our church. It's true. And I was there and I saw it preached and it was great. Yeah. So thanks. I agree. <laughs> so um, this was this was one of the weeks I was most excited about because we take everything that we're learning and we we take that next step of applying it to how we engage culture and engage the world, which I think is, this is a critical conversation to where we're at as Christians in America. Like, I, I believe we have to be thinking about um, the way we approach culture and the world around us in a way that with the understanding of like recent history has not been kind to the church in terms of the and direction the, the, we've been and going. And the church has not been kind to recent history. <laughs> yes. Yeah, for sure. And so I think we're all aligned with a like an urgent passion for um, wanting to, to see a course correction um, that that we're, and it's not just us. Right. There's, a, there's I think there's a movement going on in the evangelical church, portions of it where where we're starting to, to see, OK, wait we haven't had the right approach to culture or even the right motivations to our approach to culture yep. for a long time as American Christians. And we need to repent and we need to actually like refocus. It's what I talked about. And then you took it this weekend to the next level in terms of carrying that conversation forward. So great job. Um, I thought it'd be fun for us to just talk about ways in which we have, you You introduced the phrase, Kevin, of, of our role is to be translators of the gospel. Like that that's we're translating this eternal truth that we believe deeply to the world around us and that's our job is to do that. What are some ways where we don't do that well? Like how do you see Christians like either people you know or just generally in America? Yeah. You can go in any direction you want with that. Yeah, I mean uh it's hard because I actually think like uh the answer to a question like this is it's probably better for it to be really broad because yeah. I, whoever's listening, maybe you're doing an amazing job translating it. Maybe you're doing a horrible job translating it. Like, I don't, I don't know. But mm -hmm. when I back up far enough and look at sort of the church as a whole, um, one of the things I see, it almost reminds me of, um, the metaphor of the like Jenga stack that, uh, my dad was, yeah, Steve Matson was doing in week one. Yep. And the general point he was making, um, is that, there's we've got our faith and if you're going to represent your own faith journey and the beliefs that you've developed as a part of that faith journey in this like jenga stack um if one of the points he was making is like w sometimes we're afraid that this is too fragile there might be one thing that's actually not that important but we we've treated it like it's really important so you pull that thing out because of something that happens in your life or an article you read or a question that gets introduced and then all of a sudden the whole thing falls apart um, and I think that was a really helpful metaphor for people. But when I was thinking that about that in the context of this weekend, I think another mistake that we make is rather than handing someone when we're introducing someone to Jesus uh, personally or when we're representing who Jesus is more broadly to culture, um, we don't just say, hey, here are the foundational pieces of what it means to be a Christ follower. Mm -hmm. This is a God who loved the world and made the world somehow and who came to be a part of this world who loved us so much died because he loves us. And there's something more for us in the future. And to mm -hmm. me, that's like the, if you don't believe that general story, you know, you're, you're probably not, you probably wouldn't call yourself a Christian. Mm -hmm. 
So rather than engaging with that and then handing that to someone and then say, this, this Jesus, person of Jesus and the law of love that he introduced to us as a part of the new covenant uh, is so powerful and will be so transformative for you, here you go. And, and of course, as a part of that, you're going to build your own tower, right? Mm -hmm. Off of that foundation. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. there'll be parts of your tower that might look a little bit different than my tower because there's something that you believe about X or Y or Z. Like you, you could believe Jonah was literal story that actually happened and you could believe he's not. Yeah. Which so maybe your towers did. begin to build differently yeah. with non-essentials that are still great important and maybe things, they maybe they're really important to you and maybe you believe it really strongly but the pro i think the problem is just to like wrap a bow on the point i'm making is like when i hand you my whole jenga stack and i say this whole thing mm -hmm. like warts and all inconsistencies that you see that don't seem important to me or whatever i've made my peace with x or y or z you this is you have to ha take this whole thing if you want to be a christ follower I think that's that's a huge way that we mistranslate the message of jesus for our culture mm-hmm mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, one of the one of the big pieces, even sitting with the fact of like, oh, we are translators. Well, translators know the language, you mm -hmm. know, and and I think that's one of the things that has really struck me this series. And certainly, you know, the last couple weekends, as far as looking at like, wow, there's like a certain component that you could very you could very quickly get a crash course in what it means to be a Christian. But that does not necessarily mean that you have sat with it, you know, and it's moved from your head to to the yep. heart in a way that like, you know, if I go and go on a trip abroad and we go on, you know, a walk through a museum and there's a, you know, there's a docent who's a translator and they're telling us everything and they know that stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's not necessarily that it's, they're smarter than me or, you know, they've just spent time interacting with all that stuff. So they know, hey, I can I can really lean in here and get passionate about that stuff and share this other stuff. But it's also, I'm still going to see a lot of these different statues in my own way. Mm -hmm. But they have very much laid out, this is what this statue is, and this mm -hmm. is what this statue is. And not that it's the final word, but that it is translating from something that is completely mysterious to me, that is now s enough that is less mysterious now that gives me cracks open the door to interact with on a more personal level. Yeah. I think that like sitting with it point is actually interesting. Cause I think there are some parallels between the old covenant and the new covenant in the way we deal with it personally and the old covenant, and new covenant and the way we deal with it corporately mm -hmm. or externalize that, that knowledge where we've talked about how in the old covenant um, there were more rules, but it was like a little simpler. Mm -hmm. Right. Where it's just like, don't it's black and white, just don't sure. commit murder. It's right. like, you know what? I'm doing great at not committing murder so mm -hmm. far in my life. Yeah. Like I've, I've committed a below average number of murders statistically mm -hmm. as a right. person. Like yeah. I'm doing great. Mm -hmm. But then Jesus is like, have you ever been angry with somebody? It's like, well, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and like adultery, you know what? So far, so good. Mm -hmm. But you ever looked at another one with less in your heart? Mm -hmm. Yes, I have. Mm -hmm. And so that part where it's like, uh, it's simpler um, but more demanding, but more demanding, I think is also interesting when we're talking about translating mm -hmm. because inviting someone to church and saying, just listen to the pastor. That's really easy. And even, even handing someone a Bible and saying, just read it. It's all in there. Yeah. That's pretty easy, but I'm going to sit with you and I'm going to get to know you enough so that I can 
for, I guess even before that, I'm going to sit with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to get to know God well enough that I feel confident translating from this like source language to mm -hmm. whatever language that you speak. And then I'm going to get to know you well enough to get to know your source, your language. And then mm -hmm. I'm going to try to find a way to bridge that gap. Like that, mm -hmm. that is harder. And, and I think so much harder. I think that there's a way I can hear voices in my head of people that, that feel like the free that, that, that are, that are either scared or, or almost offended by the level of freedom that we're introducing here. Yeah. And I think introducing is probably the wrong word because we're just quoting scripture, but right. the level of freedom that we're revealing here, that maybe it's something that we haven't looked at before or, or maybe someone that goes to the church hasn't really thought hard about before, but I think it's important to, to remember the thing we're actually introducing requires like deeper relationship with the Lord mm -hmm. requires more time in prayer, more time in scripture, more mm -hmm. time seeking after God's heart. Like this is harder mm -hmm. because just saying these are the rules, follow them. Yes, no is very, very simple, but I'm going to try to wade into something complicated and gray with you in the moment, trusting that I know the Holy Spirit well enough that I can recognize his voice, translate that for you without, without violating the things about God that I know the sin that he still hates, mm -hmm. the right that is still right and the wrong that is still wrong. Like that is harder. So if you're feeling like, oh, Cornerstone's just, it's just this free for all now, like, uh -uh. Mm -hmm. it's it this is what we're introducing is deeper and harder yeah and i think the alternative to that which i think has been chris you touched on it you know in the opening which has been the mainstream which has been which is the part that falls flat is that i've got it all like i i know what the rules are and so all i have to do like kevin you were talking about like get people bibles make sure that they have at least like heard the message once and then it's like on make sure them. they stop doing the big obvious sins sure all of that and it's like <clears throat> and i think you know all of us have lived like that mm -hmm. and in, it is also why having lived like that you can't really there's nowhere there's no fuel there's no gas in the tank there and it, it falls flat for you and you can't live in that mm -hmm. sustainably or honestly and it falls flat for the people hearing it, mm -hmm. which is why, you know, then we end up with that culture piece yeah, right? of like, for sure. I, I've had people ask when they're, when they're thinking about, okay, why are American, why are Americans rejecting the church at such an alarming rate, especially in our area, but, but th really throughout the country like, and, and younger people and younger people specifically, they, you know, there's some people's immediate reaction is, well, we need to get back to doing what worked. Right. And so they think back to their childhood or they think back to history at a time where there maybe was a revival or, and they're like, okay, that works. So let's just, can we get back to that? But my, my answer to that is there's people trying to do that and it's absolutely not working. Like there's a reason why Billy Graham style revivals, which were great at their moment in time because it fit what, mm -hmm. what the culture would respond to. They don't work anymore. Mm -hmm. Right. So people out there trying to do that, you never hear about them because like no one's showing up at the event. No one's responding. No, it's 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 not working in the same way because culture is at such a different place in 2020 than they were at in the 1960s totally. in terms of their understanding of the basic fundamentals of, of faith. It, you know, most people in the 1960s were considered themselves Christian and maybe they'd walked away for a little bit. But when a simple gospel presentation as powerful as Billy Graham could present it, which he was amazing at, 
they understood what he was saying and they generally kind of agreed with the core concepts and principles worldview wise. And so it was a, a easy step into, yes, I believe in Jesus. Um, well, our and, and our culture honest, is in a completely different place right now. And so what's required of us is it looks different. Yeah. Yeah. I Well, I think it's interesting too, though, because it's like, I think there's two components that always, you you always have to like come back to the fact that like, there is no one else like Billy Graham and Billy Graham's message and assignment mm-hmm. and the passion with which he f- was compelled to do what he was doing is what drove him mm-hmm. to do, you know, amazing things. Yes. Um, so I think the, which I think also you're referencing, I think a lot of the, oh, this is a style that worked now we're just gonna we're gonna run with this and this is the new program and this is how we do it i think a lot of that is like well that wasn't necessarily like those people's identities and for them to touch other people's hearts in that way and it's like no you're like that's not something that you're compelled to do by the holy spirit Mm -hmm. so you know whatever you are inflating on your own you're gonna have to keep inflated on your own I, i mean i feel like what you're saying too is like don't do karaoke like don't don't sing somebody else's song because sure. it's not going to be as powerful coming from you as it was from them and that's part of this whole translation thing is like the the what resonates with people at least i've found if there is a formula and there's not one but mm-hmm. the closest thing to it for me is let me share with you personally how my life has been completely turned upside down by jesus mm-hmm. let me tell you what i have struggled with still struggle with let me tell you what the transformation that's happened in my heart this, this is me. This is my story. Yeah. And, and me telling your story will never be as compelling as you telling yours. Yeah. And I don't want to like get too sideways on this, but I mean, to like step into like the music genre for a second, you guys know Laura Daigle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she like hopped on like the summer concert tours, right? So she did like Outer Lands. I think she did Stagecoach. Like she, mm-hmm. you know, she did these like, like secular big festivals. Yeah. Yeah you know, where there are friends who I follow and they were like posting on their Insta story, singing along to these Laura Daigle songs with like a white claw, like crushing white claw, you know, like- Sounds like a pretty good day. You know, and and it's just like, it struck me in a way when I saw that where I was like, first like, whoa, I had no idea that she was like on that tour versus like, you know, she's like rolling around with like passion or, you know, some sort of like worship summer tour, right? Um, And that really like gave me a lot of thought as far as like, you know, what is the what does love require aspect in that is that it's like and I don't know, Laura, and I, you know, I don't know, like any, you know, but it's like for her to like jump on that and step into that scene, but sing the songs that she's singing. She has some powerful songs, mm-hmm. some amazing messages. Um, you know, you, you just don't know. Also, right. and I think that's the other thing that we're also learning probably from the history of the church and the way things have been done mm-hmm. is that it's, I think we've looked for that payoff, you know, mm-hmm. that, that altar call in that moment. Um, and then we know, okay, like what we're doing is working mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. people are getting saved, yeah. which is wonderful. And, right. you know, we want to have happen, Yeah, but it's also, you don't know where you're at in that, in that scope in that gray area of where people are at with everything. Yeah. Well, I, l- I love in your sermon how you called us to, to evaluate our intentions and our mo- motivations mm-hmm. when it comes to evangelism, because it easy it is easy for us. And it's easy for me because this is how I was raised to 
I'm interacting with this person because I have an agenda and a goal in mind, and I'm going to show love. Always be closing. I want to make sure they <laughs> think they're feeling love yeah, so that yeah. then I can I project correctly go through the four steps mm -hmm. that they need to the, those four Jenga blocks or five Jenga blocks that they have to believe to be saved. I know where I want this conversation to go. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think that, I mean, that's a lot of what the church has been teaching people to do in terms of evan personal evangelism. Jesus is the product. You're the salesperson. And the person doesn't really feel loved usually in that scenario. No like, way. and we can justify it because, because we could say, well, I'm getting them to heaven. I love them so much. I'm trying to get them to heaven. But like when I see Jesus's interactions with people, he always was concerned about what was currently happening in their life right then. He stepped into what was happening. Like the blind person, like he, he was like, I care that you're struggling right now with being blind and I'm going to heal you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to step into your pain as it exists today and show you love regarding what's going on today. And then now out of a result of that is going to, eternity is going to open up to this person. Sure. But it started with like this genuine love for where this person was at, what they were going through. As I read Jesus's stories and every interaction he has with every single person. Yeah. And, and he, he never, he never said, Hey, here's an invite card to come to the Passover meal that we're having. Like, it's going to be great. There's going to be a great speaker. We have, there. We have ministry scheduled. Yeah. You he, can, you can join us during ministry yeah. hours. You know, he showed up in those moments, right there. He, you know, there wasn't another time where that person would get something else. Yeah. I, I think that, um, one of the things as I've been like sitting with this message for a few weeks now, uh, I keep saying it to my wife as we're talking through it as I'm like, it's just crazy how like so much of this, like a lot of what we're saying is like, can you just like be a good dude? Can mm -hmm. you just like be a good friend? Yeah. Can you just care about the person that you're talking to? Mm -hmm. Like, can you just listen when they're talking and can you just do whatever you can to say the things in the way that they'll hear it? Just like you would do for a friend. Just like if you're just trying to make someone laugh or tell them a story or ask them a question and you're trying to make sure they understand what they need to understand in order to like have a nice back and forth. Can you just make yourself safe for people that might need a safe place? Maybe they might not need it right now, but they're going to need it at some point. And it's like, I think we've, we've thought about evangelism. Like I've got apologetics and mm -hmm. I know all the, and I know these are the four steps I bring someone. I can on, answer their tough I'm gonna questions. I'm going to make them pray the prayer. And I'm gonna, I just feel like it never happens like that. Like, mm -hmm. it's just, it's what it is, is like, and this is why the love God, love others thing is like so inextricably tied. It's mm -hmm. like, just love, love people and be with them. And while you're doing that, be so in touch with the love that you have for God and his love for you that like out of that will come natural with patience in the right time and place with the help of the Holy Spirit, the types of those conversations that you crave, which it's good that yes. you crave those conversations. It's good that you want to get there, yep. but no I, one wants I, to be sold to. A lot of people though get there pretty quickly. I've found like if they, if, if they enjoy who you are and you're, you're a good, you check the, I'm a, he's a good dude. Like they would categorize you as that okay. because they felt like a connection. They felt safety. They felt like you genuinely cared about them. Not everyone, but there, there's people who for sure that's been my relationship with them. And they're like, I'm, I'm never coming to your church. Like yeah. I want to hang out with you, but I'm never just don't even, I'm going to get, I'm going to jump ahead of you. Cause I know this is going, I'm never coming to your church. Mm -hmm. Cool. Great. But more often than not, like 
sometimes within weeks of getting to know someone, like they're like, oh sure, I'll swing by your church. That sounds great. But like, even that, but even that, inviting like, people to church like isn't even the goal though. It, like no, I think it's, that's it's one of the things goal, we get hung think, up on. I think one of the fears people have is we're just gonna walk around being nice to everyone. And like, no one's ever going to hear about Jesus or meet Jesus yeah, because we're just walking around nice to everyone. I, I but we're could, no, like, that's a legitimate yeah. fear that people, and no. that's a criticism of this, like, like, just love people thing is like, okay, th yeah, that's cool. But at some point people have to meet Jesus. And what I'm saying is like, it actually, like, you don't have to like take them to baseball games for 30 years, just waiting for that <laughs> yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Preach usually, <laughs> usually it happens pretty quick. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with that. I think the only distinction I'm trying to draw is like, even like inviting someone to church feels like this one of the steps you have to bring them right. on in order for them to figure out who yeah. Jesus is. And it's not on the list. Like, no, it's God, not on the God list doesn't live here. For me, it, they know I work at a church, so it's just totally. like this, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's an unavoidable probably, thing. But. Yeah, but I just think there's there's a way for people to to find Jesus and experience him eventually in in the context of a relationship with God yeah you're probably going to be a part of a church you're probably going to want to be a part of a church because if a church is doing their job well and they're going to ask you what you're doing this weekend you're probably going to be like I'm going to a baseball game and then I'm going to go yeah. to church and then it's like it's going to happen but I just I, one of the one of the like sort of like habits I want us to break and like mental blocks that I want us to get through is the end goal is not invite your friend to church God doesn't live here like the end goal is is having them experience yes. Jesus. And I'm sure if that happens, they're probably going to want to come to your church too. We would love it if more and people And you're probably going to invite them. Yeah, it'd it, be but great. But it's just like, you're not, you're not working towards like this checkbox of like. Because we do that too often where it's like, I can't wait. Love Pastor is the, Steve will love give a is great the lowest message. value. Yeah. Oh, love sure. is the lowest value. And then inviting them to church is the next highest value yeah. of what has to happen. And then even more important is the gospel presentation is the highest value. But of what who, who does the gospel happen. presentation though? The pastor does. Right. Exactly. So he's got to do that at church. And that's the, like, it's just, that's just not how it works. Right. Like we're all ministers. There aren't gatekeepers. I mean, this is what you were talking about with me as we were preparing the sermon. Yeah. And I, you know, and I think even to that, I think we also devalue the work that the Holy Spirit is already doing in the other person yep. mm -hmm. in their heart in the same way. Holy that, Spirit didn't show up till I got here. Yeah. In the, you know, it's not your job to impart anything other than you showing up, living in honesty and integrity and sharing the same love that you have experienced, you Amen. know, yeah. the, you know, with that gesturing piece of I, I, these are things that I have come into contact with. This is a way I used to live. And they, you know, if they have known you for 30 years, then they know that you've changed. Yep. And you if know? they don't, then do you have bigger questions to ask? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true too. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Back to the Billy Graham, because I, this is still, it's just rattling around in my mm -hmm. brain, because what's different about our culture and what's working and what's not working and how are we messing up? Um, like, I saw, like, I'm going to categorize it back to your sermon, is, is you had the two Paul sermons, one to a Jewish audience, um, where he used, like, Jewish cultural reference after cultural reference to win them over and tie mm -hmm. them in, and then present Jesus and Jesus's death on the cross and yeah. all of that, right? Brilliant. Jesus, Jesus as the culmination of the story of the that, Jewish people. Okay. So for me, like that's Billy Graham preaching to 1960s America, like the cultural references fit. It was God's moment. It was God's time. It was perfect. And people responded and came to Christ um, like they did in response to, to Paul's sermon. And then you had Paul in Athens, which is kind of more resembling us in mm -hmm. 2020 in America mm -hmm. is we're preaching more of that sermon than we are the the Paul to the Jews sermon. If totally. you if you didn't hear Kevin's sermon, like you go listen to it because you'll get like the connection that I'm making right here. 
Uh, yeah, and I think uh, we could probably go and, and unpack 1960s America, you know, or at least our take on that because none of us were alive then, sure. to like 2020 America. But I think one of the things that, one of the questions, and I do not have answers for this, but you and I have talked about this a little bit before. One of the questions before us as like the capital C church, I don't think this matters as much as individuals, um, but like... I think you can't overstate the cultural impact that the internet has had mm -hmm. on who we are as people. And I think every generation has to sort of retranslate the yeah. message of Jesus for their generation. But I think having on, on top of that, I think we're, we're undergoing something in the last 20 or 30 years culturally that's on par with like the industrial revolution and the printing press and like the Roman roads, like big, mm -hmm society will never be the same type of mm -hmm. happens every few hundred years shifts. And so, and that affects everything from social media, like literally rewiring the synapses in our brains. And it, it's the gig economy is like reshaping the workforce and wealth inequality is like going like this because the internet consolidates power and wealth in the hands of the people that already have it. Mm -hmm. And, 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 and like it's, it's, it's changing things to such a degree that as a church, I think we have to look at the way we're, we're engaging culture as like, as like students, as, as like, okay, what we have to love our culture enough to spend enough time trying to figure out what's actually happening here and all the different implications of all those things I just mentioned and a hundred other things that I didn't to try to say, okay, well, what is, what is the message of the hope of Jesus that resonates with this culture? Because it's, it's it's changing i think it's in one of those every few hundred years crazy rapid shifts where everything's going to get turned upside down mm -hmm. and so i don't know on, on a very personal level we need to be doing that like who are you and what's your language whatever and then i think we also need to be students of what's happening and it's the solution isn't just like cornerstone the app like right. that's such like a surface level solution to like you know we need more technology yeah that's what i was thinking is that it's like you know it wasn't like oh you know like oh follow us on tiktok it's not now. like yeah, yeah like the church is on your yeah, phone yeah, like that's not what we're talking about cf livermore mm -hmm. on tiktok you know it's <laughs> yeah, like yeah exactly the, and i think that's the slippery slope and i think chris you touched on it earlier talking about okay there was billy graham and then there was like here's the new program and you know everybody started doing that i think in the same way it's not like oh um Culture now is really interested in, you know, how woke you can be. So, like, let's exhaust, you know, all anything and everything everywhere to try and course correct from, hey, people have actually done a lot of really bad things for a lot of years. And now it's all a lot of it's coming to light, whether it's Hollywood or, you know, there's a lot of these abuse structures and stuff that we've run into, which are awful, which need to be torn down, deconstructed, shine mm -hmm. a light on it. And then you get into, I think, a momentum of like, oh, well, now the ways that I constantly show people is by bandwagging on to any sort of social social issue that comes up just to let them know, hey, you know, like I'm not like the other guys or, you know, like I'm like mm -hmm. the cool Christian, mm -hmm. you know, and I think the slippery slope there is <clears throat> in the same way that Jesus, you know, it's like. Jesus wasn't with the zealots and he also wasn't with the Pharisees. And he also, you know, the, the ways that Jesus showed people to live was the ways that Jesus was living. Yeah. I think what you're getting at is there's this difference between chasing culture and being led by culture yes. and being a student of culture. Yes. Because I, I totally agree. Like, it's not our job to just say what's cult because we'll always be behind. Mm -hmm. Right. 
But 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 like here's an example <coughs> of, of like what I mean. Like I'm not saying cornerstone the app. I'm not saying join us on TikTok. I'm not saying whatever the current trending hashtag is. Let's try to get cornerstone to be a part of that. I think that's like the surface level approach to that. I mm -hmm. mean like we we need as a church to be talking about mental health way more than we're talking about mm -hmm. it right now mm -hmm. because it's happening. Sure. Because something is happening that I don't have the answer for. I can't diagnose it, but I know that I'm having way more conversations about mental health outside of the four walls of the church than I am inside the four walls of the church. And I also know that Jesus has a lot to say mm -hmm. about mental health. That's that's an example of what I mean, where it's like well, I'm students of, 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 of the culture that I love. I'm seeing this thing that's happening here. Mm -hmm. I know that Jesus probably has something to say. Here's another example. Like we need to be talking about money and the like the moral implications of money and the way that money is wielded because that's another thing that we 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 engage with it all the time in culture we talk about it all the time but sometimes in the church the main thing we talk about is just the tithing part of mm -hmm. money mm -hmm. like there are these there are these things that that cut deep to the heart of what it means to be an american in 2020 that lives in this democracy in this capitalist society in whatever in a democratic state in California, in Livermore, in Brentwood, in whatever, whatever culture you're in, there are, there are, there are conversations that are happening outside the four walls of the church. I, I believe it's the church's job to, to give us yeah. a, a lens. Okay. Into let me, things. let me just kind of, cause we said a lot there yeah. and I think you actually, you almost shifted it to conversations we need to be having within the church Yeah. to prepare us for, for our ability to interact with people in a way that is like right where they're at and loving because we're entering right in yeah. to where they're at because i don't think you're saying like our version of evangelism is to talk to people about how they need to give more money like as no. an approach you're saying sure. no, no no these these are conversations that we need to be having as students of culture because we take our job seriously i'm a translator of the gospel well what are you translating it into exactly because if, if you don't know the people who are receiving that translation how are you going to be a good translator you're not and if you haven't ever like really wrestled with what Jesus might have to say about those sorts of things like mental health, mm -hmm. then what what Jesus flavored point of view are we bringing into that conversation that might draw people in mm -hmm. to, you know, the way of Jesus in general? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think to that point, if you're feeling something bubbling up about m mental health, there's probably something more there to ask God about, yeah. mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And I think that's where you start to get the thread. That's where you start to get the breadcrumbs of like, I think what I will translate and who the Lord will have me interact with for that translating, I think like I'm starting to figure out some of that right now. And I think that, you know, a lot of that has been coming up as I've been sitting in on Sundays and you know, during the sermon and stuff will pop up and I'll jot it down. And, and I think it's interesting because I feel like there's no quick answer and there's no, like, uh, there have been a couple of times where it's like, oh, I've thought about that. And that when I talk to that person next, I could see where there would be a connection there about that. Not necessarily like, oh, I finally got like my rebuttal for, you know, the question mm -hmm. they had asked me. But, as, but I think there is about you saying, hey, mental health, you know, and us talking about it right now, I think there's something there as far as like, okay, well maybe in the same way that who knows years ago, the way the spirit spoke to Billy Graham, as far as like, mm -hmm. here's a direction I think I need to go for us as people in the church, looking at like, what is, what is the Lord saying to me? What's he ma making me passionate about? Cause that's also the, what does love require peace right. is 
we are we're finding out every day what love requires by way of the Lord showing us things that are popping up in yeah. our minds, conversations we're having where it's like, huh, that was that was an interesting conversation mm-hmm. to revisit that. Totally. Back to what you were saying when you were saying it kind of sounds like you're talking about the conversations that we have inside the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I guess maybe what I'm getting at there is uh, I think those lines are like really blurry. Mm-hmm. And when you look at those poll, we reference poll numbers in the sermon and, you know, the trend lines. One of the things this is a, a poll that's been done several different ways when it said like word association. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about what do you think the church believes? Or what do you think Christians believe? Or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, what consistently scores highest is hates gay people. Right. Hmm. That's the number one thing. That's the number one thing. That's what they think about us. That's our top value. It's above Jesus going to the cross. It's above... Hates gay people. That's the number one thing. So you want to talk about how stuff we talk about inside the church? And to be clear, if you're new here, that's not something that we talk about here. That's not something we feel here. 100% no. I'm talking about like capital C, American church as a whole. Like the stuff that we talk about inside our four walls gets out. It totally gets out. And There's so, no about it. and it, it gets out uh, indirectly and in that like someone's a part of our church. We talk about it inside the church and they start talking about it. And right. then someone knows that's a Christian and goes, oh, that must be what they're talking about. But also it's the age of the internet. Like yeah. things are online. Everybody mm-hmm. knows, people know, if you want to know what someone's about, you can pretty easily find out about it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I do think that even the stuff we talk about inside the church reflects. 100%. Externally. Of 100%. Course. Yes, absolutely. And that unfortunately, that's our brand. That's whether we like it or not, we've created that brand because of the approach that we've, the rule-based approach that we've taken. It leads us into, yeah. and it's not just the number one value of the church, according to non-Christians, we hate gay people. There's, there's a longer list than that of things we hate. Totally. And so we have not been, we've been branded as the people who are the opposite of love. We've been, we've been, behaving for decades as the people who hate a lot of things. And so we've created that as our brand. And therefore, most people in America are rejecting the concept of all the concepts of church. Yeah. And um, Jesus actually gives us instruction to reverse that. Mm -hmm. That is so spot on. And it's what every generation needs. And I think just to bring it back and maybe to to, to end on something a little bit more hopeful, back back to what you're talking about with Jesus, it's like, despite all of that, despite number one coming in as like hates gay people, Jesus, Jesus approval rating is 90%. Still. And so even it's like, even when we're actively trying to mess up the witness of Jesus, (laughs) people can still find daylight between where we Uh miss the point and who Jesus is. Right. And to me, that's so hopeful. That just means if we can just move back to who Jesus is, people will be waiting there for us. People right. want to go with us because of the way they already feel about Jesus. I totally agree. Totally agree. Well, this is awesome. Thanks for joining us no, in the conversation. Yeah, thanks for letting me sit in with you guys. Um, I'm so thankful for this series. The number of conversations I've had with people during this season, this series has been more conversations than any other series, but more positive conversations around what God is doing and how mm-hmm. God is people causing people to think and grow and um, evaluate um, what love requires of them has been fantastic. And we're, we're going to continue on. Um, we're moving into the book of Philippians, but one thing you'll see as we get into the book of Philippians is that it's almost like an extension of this series as we get into, mm-hmm. uh, as we walk our way through the book of Philippians, which um, makes so much Paul sense. writes about all this stuff. He just keeps writing about all this stuff. And so we're going to keep teaching it. Yeah. And what is the book of Philippians? If not Paul's translation of the new covenant to the church in Philippi? Exactly. Exactly. So it's gonna be fun. Appreciate you guys. We love you. 